welcome to For the Record, an unfiltered view on current trends and timeless advice for surviving in the aesthetics industry. Whether you're an objector, practice owner, sales rep, or marketer, it's time to set the record straight. Each week, we cut through the chaos and showcase diverse perspectives and winning ideas from the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Hall, Chief Growth Officer at Aesthetic Record. Now, let's get started on this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of For the Record. We're on episode 73, so lucky number 13 for the season. And we're going to the man cave today. Um, We have so many female guests on our show that it was important to bring the male perspective. And so we found that the ultimate man, the tox poppy, if you you will, uh, all the way from Orlando. So Puerto Rican born, but then Orlando raised, a a stint in Miami, now back to Orlando. But we have with us today, um, physician associate Chris Cotto. And he is um, larger than life as a, as a character, if you want to call him that. We met, I don't know, a few, I guess maybe a year ago or so. And he had uh, friends with people who I'm friends with, went and did a fellowship with Larry Blevins and Dr. Danny Soares. And we just kind of met through the grapevine and had a blast at an event recently in Benev. He was at Aesthetic Next, did his first onstage talk with Audrey Rose, which was, I think, a fun thing for him. And just an all-out great guy. So I'm excited for this today. We're going to have a lot of fun and really dive into what it's like to be a man in aesthetics and to go through business ownership. I think a long history in emergency medicine and kind of came over, got bit by the bug into aesthetics into the dark side of medicine. And he's here now blowing it up with his own med spa down in, in Florida. The, not South Florida, but in Orlando, a bit of a different audience. So I can't wait to hear all about that and what you're doing. So Chris, welcome to our show. Hello, hello, how are you doing today? I am good. You came off a long day at clinic, and so I think he was rushing here because he had a patient who wanted more than he bargained for. So we're we're all here at the tail end of the evening, and so we're going to keep it together for you guys. We've seen cocktails. Chris, if we had cocktails, this would be a whole lot better, but we don't. So much more fun. <laughs> we don't, but I want to kind of dive into your background, but, you know, the Aesthetic District Med Spa. So I love your AD, your little logo on Instagram, your whole branding. Your Your Instagram actually is very, very pretty. It's very nice. Um, you've got your whole brand going, you've got the Tox Poppy persona going, but you didn't start here. Obviously, you weren't you weren't born in aesthetics. So give us an idea of how you landed here in aesthetics and on our show. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a pretty long road uh, through emergency medicine. I uh, graduated out of Miami uh, PA program, uh, got into a fellowship in emergency medicine before I actually started in emergency medicine. Uh, and I've been doing emergency medicines for over nine years now. Uh, I knew I wanted to make a change before, this all happened before COVID, but COVID kind of accelerated everything for me. Uh, I think it did that for a lot of people, honestly. Uh, And I started looking into, all right, let me get some classes, let me get some courses, let me get some hands-on. What is this field about? Let me get some, let me study a little more in this field. I already was getting my Botox treatment. So I got Botox and I already kind of liked the, uh, I'm gonna say, I like the field, I like the specialty. So it kind of pushed me forward. Uh, into aesthetics, started taking some, started off with some weekend courses. Um, and then from there, ended up evolving into a more in-depth courses and uh, eventually ended up in a fellowship with uh, Larry Blevins and Danny Suarez over there in, uh, in the villages. So uh, overall, it's been one of those up and down, uh, a lot of work, but honestly, very, very gratifying. It's, it's I love what I do. I can definitely say that. When I think when you meet you, you know, you're, you're a tall dude, you're, you know, very manly, you've got the whole like machismo thing, you know, you're a masculine kind of guy. I look at you and think, huh, 
aesthetic eye. I would look at you and think, boy, that guy's got an aesthetic eye, but you're a great injector. You do have an aesthetic eye. And obviously, you've studied under some great people with Larry and with, with Danny. So I know that you're great at your craft. But how does a person choose and all the things you could have done? Why aesthetics? I'm, you know, was it a matter of like wellness, the overall patient wellness and feeling great about themselves, not just, you know, out inside, but also outside? Or how did you pick this one thing? If all the things you could have done, why was it aesthetics? So, you know, when you work in the emergency department, you see the worst of the worst and people, you see them at the lowest. I, I wanted to kind of do the opposite of that. I want to see them. I want to see healthy, non-sick patients that just want to feel a little bit better about themselves and uh, already are happy, but they just want to accentuate some of the little, you know, little thing, little thing here, little thing there that'll make them even happier. Uh, it's a completely different patient population. And, uh, you know, it's literally black and white. It's completely opposite one from the other. And uh, I, I, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I am loving this side of the medicine, <laughs> this side of the spectrum in medicine, completely loving it. It's uh you're helping people in different ways. Uh, you know, when you see somebody with, I'm going to give you an example. If you see somebody that hasn't, has a, a acne, hasn't been able to treat them, they don't want, even want to take pictures, a young girl, and you're able to help them with that. And all of a sudden you see them taking pictures and their confidence goes up. That's, that to me, that's, that's feeling that completely fills my heart with joy and, uh, and, and more. So that's, there's more to aesthetics, I would say, than just, you know, it's vain. Some people look at it that way. There's so much more to aesthetics than, than, than vanity, which I, I really love. And that's what I try to drive into uh, when I see my patients. Yeah, I think there's, especially now, people coming off COVID, you mentioned COVID, you know, everyone was sad, depressed, lonely. They were stuck in their houses. I think now more than ever, this was like the, the escape people to feel good again and think, you know, feel like they had a place in the world. And Obviously, the Zoom boom was a big thing. We all looked like we were hideous monsters on Zoom for a year. It was like the the turtleneck that we all had, you know, just look, looked horrible. I think that there was a part of that where both providers kind of emerged from that, thinking, I want to do something that's healthy and a healthy population, but also patients saying, I need something to validate and make me feel good about myself again. I mean, we saw the explosion after COVID in our industry. Everyone just was out, you know, scales were full for a whole year, year and a half. We're kind of on a downturn right now a little bit, but I think we're still riding the wave in many ways from COVID. But, you know, in your patient population in Orlando, it's obviously um, Larry's people are all old. I don't know if yours are all old, but it's a little different. <laughs> My average age patient is about 36 to 38 years old. So I have a lot of uh, newer mothers, mothers or, or stay-at-home moms. So it's a lot more families that I take care of, which... I, I love. I mean, they 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 took care of their children. Now they are turning the age. They're getting closer to their forties, and then sometimes in mid forties, going into their fifties, and they want to do something about, you know, doing a little bit thing, a little thing here, a little thing there to slow things down and age gracefully. Ultimately, that's what most people want to do: is just age gracefully and they look good throughout. Yeah, we don't want to be Marge Simpson if we can. If we can, I was at one point, Chris. I had to have my whole face dissolve and start over because it was a hot mess. Express, honey. It was not good, but obviously it's better now. But, you know, I kind of go back to you becoming an aesthetic provider because you do the things people don't want to do. So every year people ask me about aesthetic necks. They want to be on podium. They want to speak on stage. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. I have no idea what, where you come from. Come do a year as a volunteer. Let us work with you. Let our providers work with you. You know, if, if people who are on stage think that you're great and work with you really well, then that means that you're probably great at what you do. I need some validation, right? Like, who the heck are you? I've seen you now at Benev working for no money and, and helping as an assistant. You've been at Audrey's course helping, I think, with her stuff. You came to AN and helped with our stuff. 
people always, they misunderstand the benefit of just being in the right room at the right time. And like, that's a unique chance that you get when you say, I don't care what it takes to get there. If I'm in the right room with people who matter, I'll get seen and get noticed and I'll get the chance I want. I feel like you capitalized on that really well this year to set it next, but you know, thinking about that, you've obviously been making a really nice paycheck for many, many years as a PA in, in the ER. And now coming here saying, I'll work for free with all these skills. I'll work for free to just be part of it. What's your mindset? Because I feel like you're doing it the right way. And I wish people would, would learn and hear that and think, gosh, that's the right way to do it. But they just won't, Chris. I can't, I can't convince them to do it. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, um, it's, it's difficult for the mindset of a person that's making a, a substantial salary to go. And, you know, you feel like you're kind of you're taking a step in the wrong direction by taking on these volunteer jobs. I, I don't look at it that way. It to me is if I'm in, like you mentioned, if I'm in the right place with the right people, they get to know who I am. They get to know my personality, my skill set, my background. You create those network. Your network is your net worth. I've, I think I've, I've I've heard that many times in the past. Uh, you create the network of people that you want around you. You create your team that you want around you. Um, and uh, you got to humble yourself to be able to do those things sometimes. You know, listen, I. I'm around people and I'm around clinicians that have been doing this for years. Uh, they were at a place that I was before sometime in the past. I'm just trying to, you know, keep up with them a little bit. But you have to be able to put in the work. You got to put in the time and you got to humble yourself to be able to do those things. It's a mindset. Once you have that mindset put together and you let go a little bit of that pride, you continue to have your pride, but let go of the intense pride and just learn. Every conversation that I have with Every single provider that I have, I try to learn a little bit here, a little bit there, and just bring it in. I try to, you know, I'll have fun conversations with small talk, but most of my conversations, even with small talk, there's something behind I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to pick up what can I do better? What are they doing this? What's going on over here? How can I get the next opportunity uh, to speak? Or maybe uh, how can I get the opportunity to train? Or what can I do better? And what can it make me as a clinician a better uh, person and a better clinician overall? So. What I would say is take a step back. Don't look at it in a negative light. Understand that people have been doing this for a lot longer than you have, and you're going to be around those people and learn from it. I mean, that's the only way to move up in life. You got to learn. If you don't learn, you're just stuck. Well, especially in this field, because I think it is challenging, especially because no one teaches it. Like you don't learn it in medical school or nursing school or PA school. No one's like, hey, here's some Botox. Have fun. Everyone has to train here. And you, you did the ultimate sacrifice and went to the fellowship program with Larry and with Dr. Sorges, which again has no money. You have to do a whole project there. I think you study maybe facial dynamics or something with, with cheek filler. You do months and months and months with no pay working like probably like a dog for Larry. Cause he probably works the works you to the bone, but you come out of that as an amazing injector knowing really all the things. So if you could do it again, and you know, I'm sure you're going to say yes, but was that a great choice for you? And do you feel like it accelerated your learning curve crazy fast to have done that whole intensive program? Absolutely. Uh, there's, you know, it's not just about injecting. It's about the small things behind the scene, how to mix the product correctly, how to transfer it without air bubbles, how to actually patient movement. How do you move the patients around your practice efficiently while leaving, you're, you're speaking with them and you have multiple patients at the same time, how to balance your time from side to side, how to properly use and utilize your assistant, how to properly speak to them about setting them up for the uh, treatment plan. It's it's more than just observing an injection and just injecting in front of them, uh, which is part of the curriculum. I have to inject, uh, I have to have 100 procedures supervised, uh, whether our lasers, uh, injectables with filler, uh, threads. There's multiple treatments that we can do, but that's just part of the program. The other part of the program with that, that Danny Suarez is also 
uh, getting published. So you got you have to find a topic that you want to uh, write about and do the research and work on getting published, which is fantastic for a, a provider's career when you're published in a journal of plastic surgery or whichever journal at that time gets selected. Um, so there's multiple aspects of it. Additionally, if you own your own business, you own your own practice, you're seeing a successful practice run. You're learning how to run a practice just by observing how they're operating behind the scenes. And that team at VIP, whether with Larry and Dr. Suarez and, and Carrie, uh, Larry's wife, it's, they're, they're, honestly, they're phenomenal. I love that team. They were so welcoming. And any questions I had about anything business related, they will talk to me and guide me. So it's, it's a full package you get there when you go do this fellowship, um, which is, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think many of these exist, to be honest with you. And, uh, anymore i think this i think it's the only one that exists that's everyone's clamoring to get there but you got you got a golden ticket so i got in i got in i i, I know it's funny i uh i i i think i pestered them enough to let me in <laughs> <laughs> i uh i was working in the er overnights and in the morning they wanted me there around eight nine o'clock in the morning so i would get out of the er ship around like five six o'clock in the morning then it's about an hour and a half drive to the village so i'll jet over there while i sleep go over there spend a whole day with them there then I'll drive back. I have my clothes in my in my car. Drive back to the hospital, and uh, I'll take a quick nap in the car, and then just kind of keep it running. Uh, so I used to shadow before I started the fellowship. So uh, every week I used to show up once or twice a week, and uh, I think again I pestered him <laughs> enough to uh, say, "All right, guy, you're working your ass off. Excuse my French, but let's give you a shot." And uh, it worked out. It definitely worked out. I also uh, I started a slogan. Vote for Chris. I had, I think, I had all the staff saying vote for Chris <laughs> when it was time to choose the uh, the next fellow. So uh, yeah, that staff over there is fantastic, welcoming. Uh, they're they're all great, and they tolerated me for six months. Geez, that's difficult to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, you mentioned the part about running the business, and I'm always curious about people who come from medicine, you know, traditional medicine in a hospital where they don't own a clinic. Uh, you know, one day you're at the ER working overnight, right, and you're in a sense, taking orders from the hospital, if you will, from the CEO and the board and all the people who are there, all this, you know, all the red tape, bureaucracy, formulary, blah, 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 upcoding and billables. And then day number two, you're now a business owner on your own, like doing it all yourself. No one teaches you that. You have to, I think, innately want to do that and have to have some kind of skill set around it, at least a little bit, you know, like natively have some skill set. But you don't know what the hell you're doing when you start. So how did you even think through, I'm going to learn to become an injector. Let's say that's a huge step. And also I'm going to own a business at the same time. Like what the hell were you thinking? And why would you do that to yourself? Why would you not get one thing mastered first and then go do the other thing? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, is that, what is that saying? Own a business, they say, right? You'll be happy. They say, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, uh, you have to be self, you get a lot of it is self-taught. You have to be self-taught in many, many angles. There was countless amount of nights that I spent researching on the policies that I needed for me to open a med spa, the licenses that I needed, whether it was just for a business like city, county, it was it was just a lot. I fell into a lot of traps, you know, because there's always the sponsored little programs that I ended up paying that I could have done it for free at other places, especially when you're opening a business, you don't want to spend you know money on things that are unnecessary. But it's a lot, a lot of self-taught uh, education. So you, you got to learn as you go. That computer of mine, I think I bought three different laptops at that time because I was burning through them. My memory was frying. I'm downloading every <laughs> every every piece of consent that I can find, and I'm modifying, and I'm looking. So a lot of it was self-taught. Uh, I'm still learning. 
as I go along. But, you know, one of the great things about, uh, you know, joining and uh, being a volunteer in many places and just kind of trying to rub elbows with the right people is you can ask certain questions. And these questions, a lot of times, most of these guys, uh, they're willing to just kind of like, hey, this is what I would have done and this is what you can do. And they'll, they'll talk to you. You just got to be sure that, you know, be humble, understand who they are and ask the question. You know, if you don't ask, you're never going to learn. So just ask. My, I think my tip of the day is be humble, show to the right places so you can rub with the right elbows and just open your mouth and talk. <laughs> and also, I think you have to synthesize what you're hearing because I have people who give me advice and I'm like, that is not right. <laughs> like they are, and, or I hear them tell someone else, and I'm like, I want to like walk behind, like, hey, what you just heard, don't do that. Whatever you do, do not do that thing, because I, I feel like there is no rule book here. Because there is no rule book, everyone's just kind of figuring it out on their own, and they're trying. You know, it's like throw shit against the wall, see what sticks. And so there's a lot of bad advice out there. Obviously, you get to go work with Larry, and they have a great practice. They do things really well. But you mentioned like consents and compliance, and. You know, I think about this a lot, Chris. If you're starting a new med spa in this industry today, in any state really, no one's there to show you all that. Like there isn't a person you can hire to say, hey, I want to open this thing up, get all my city licenses, my, you know, to have an alarm here where we are. You have to have a, a permit from the city to have like a freaking alarm in your in your building, which is stupid, but you got to have one. If you, ha- if you have it go off and there's not a permit, they won't come help you. I mean, it's like crazy things like that. All of the legal parts of it for you, your malpractice, like again, going from hospital where it's all taken care of for you to now you're on your own doing it. People are now depending on you who work with you to have it all done. We should start that service where someone just helps you get your med spa in a box opened up. <laughs> 1000%. I think that'll be very profitable too. Uh, it's yeah. And, and, and trying to put all that together. And as you said, you have to kind of figure out what's works, what doesn't work, what's real, what's not real, the right guidance. It's up to you. You, you. you listen to what they say, and then you have to do some research. Just because if somebody tells you something doesn't mean you just follow it. So if somebody tells you to jump off the bridge, you're not going to just do that. You research a little bit behind the scenes. I'm like, okay, this person told me this. Let me do some research based on my state, on my city, on my county, and what can I do about this? Uh, you And you continue asking. You keep that little piece of information there, and you continue to ask other people. And if you continue getting the same answer, well, more than likely, it's going to be the right answer at that point that they gave you the right advice. Uh, but that's just one part of, because you own the business. Now you have to actually learn how to inject. So uh, I, I think I was fortunate since I, in working in the ER, I'm basically a proceduralist. I do procedures day and night. So I, I have a syringe in my hand all the time. But I will say, when you're pushing a gel, like a filler through that syringe, it is, you know, when you're pressed, it is a lot more difficult than pushing lidocaine and other medicines that I push in the hospital. So also the syringes are a lot smaller. I have a reasonably sized hand it's pretty large so being able to finagle that syringe within the small little insulin syringes within my hands was was a was a challenge but i i took it on i bought some uh, one of those little fake dummies i had a bunch of syringes and every night i would just play with it play around i wouldn't let go of the syringe until i felt just comfortable in my hand and i can move it around through my fingers and it just kind of flowed so that's those are the little things that you need to do if you want to do things right um i'm an advocate of be trained in what you're going to do and having an emergency medicine background, understanding the emergencies before they happen, understanding how to treat uh, protocols on something if I, that I cause, uh, it's, it's priority to me. So I, I look at everything as patient safety, results, and can I make a little money to stay in business? And I will, I'm going to have to say this. I took that from Larry Blevins. He taught me that. So <laughs> uh, that's one of his quotes. So it, you got to put in the time. The time is important. You can't just go into aesthetics and say, hey, I'm here. 
let me just do this, let me just do that. That's not how it works. Every specialty has a training because it's a specialty that you're working under. I, I didn't go into emergency medicine not knowing anything. You don't go into dermatology not knowing anything. Same thing with plastic surgery, gastroenterology, cardiology. Any of the any of the specialties you go, you need to be trained and trained properly. People train for years before they can perfect their, their craft. You know, medical students go to re- residency in whatever field they're going to go to. There's not like anything kind of put together here for us in aesthetics, but there are some fellowships out there, like the one that I attended to that can help you guide where you're going to go, how you're going to do it, and the way you should do it. And, you know, that's just one step from there. I've continued to learn. I pick up a, so I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to a couple of people that kind of walked me through. Obviously, Larry Blevins, Dr. Suarez, uh, and inside actually the fellowship, Alexis. Uh, so she's helped me out a lot throughout. Uh, Angela, Scott Callahan, uh, recently Audrey Rose says so she's been uh, in the, actually, uh, Anya. So she's been, they've been giving me a little bit tips in, in, you know, about the trade here and there. And it's, it's been fantastic. So it, you just got to ask the questions. Be humble, talk to them like normal people, and they'll they'll talk to you. Have a good time. Maybe buy them a drink. They'll like you better then. <laughs> well, I think you've got some good elbows that you're rubbing there between Hania and you know Audrey, Larry. You've got the, the the good crew there. But you know, as you open a business and you start down this path, you kind of can't go back. You know, like you, when you say you're going to do it, especially if you leave your career in emergency medicine, you kind of you kind of just got to go forward and and, and pray. But I'm reading this book by Simon Sinek called The Infinite Game. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but if you guys haven't heard of it, pick it up. And it talks about, you know, we think about competition a lot and winning and losing. But being in business is an infinite game. There is no winner or loser. It isn't a football game, right? There is no start and stop clock. There isn't a a defined winner. The goal is to stay in business in perpetuity, to make enough money to keep surviving, to get patients to come back and be happy with you. It's an infinite game. It goes until you die, right? Until Or you sell it. And I think we get really caught up in our industry about a winner and a loser, about being the best or being the influencer or having the best clinic in the city, or I'm going to beat you at, you know, I have a better clinic than you have. And I think when you're in the ER, you think about the person who's on the table in front of you, are they going to die or not? You know, you're running a code, whatever it is. It, it's more of an infinite game, right? It's like in the here and now, keep them alive. So from a competitive standpoint, obviously Florida is highly competitive and you guys have different laws there with RNs can't inject. So there's a lot of cash outlay because you have to be a PA or an NP or a physician if you guys don't know that. So you pay a lot more for headcount in Florida. But what is your take on competition and what is your take on, I love what you said, it's almost like if you just do the right thing and you do it enough, the money will come. And I, I believe that so firmly, I can't even tell you, I live by that credo every day that money is never the reason why. It's like do good shit, do a lot of it, good things will happen to you. But how do you as a man, again, marketing as a man in aesthetics with all of our frilly girly stuff, how do you compete? How do you stay afloat? How do you get patients in? What does your infinite game look like? So, you know, it, when it look, just looking at the, my competitors in the area, uh, I'm actually friends with a lot of them. Uh, there's, we have actually, I have a, a WhatsApp group chat with five different, six different med spa owners. And we are actually, we're going to dinner on the 9th of, uh, December. So we, we stay friendly. We're not local, we're not direct competition in the same city in uh, same area in Orlando, but you, you, you look at everything as market analysis. That's really what I do. Because uh, you still have to be competitive within the market. So, but are they doing better than me? Are they not doing better than me? I, I don't like looking at it that way because I don't, they've been, maybe they've been in business longer than me. It's not fair to Mike. It's not fair to my mental health or anybody on my team. So me to be stressing them out over, hey, they've been doing this for 10 years. We need to be doing the same thing. That's not okay. You can't compare. But I do like to compare where they were when I'm at 
and where I'm at now to see how I'm doing within my own comp- my own competition within my own bag. So I, I like doing that. Now, as a male, uh, there's not many of us out here. Uh, I think I uh, I mentioned two of them, Scott and and, and Larry. This is, that's the only two. Those guys are like Needle Daddy and TJ. There's like 12 of you in all of aesthetics, I think. Yeah, there's, there's, there's not many of us. There's not many of us. There's I think it's like 4% of uh, injectors are males. And I think out of that 4%, 1% is, uh, uh, I think 3% are homosexuals and the other are uh, straight males. Uh, so it, it's it's very small amount of guys, 4%. That we have here. So, in order for me to stand out, I at first I thought it was going to be a challenge. I'm like, okay, how do I stand out as a man? Women are going to want to go to women, but I found out very, very fast that, especially in my area, having uh, all these, they're, most of them are housewives. They've had children. They like a male's perspective on beauty because they just had children. They went through all the changes, and they have a husband at home that. For some reason, it's still looking good. He didn't have a kid, <laughs> so they want to. They want to make sure that their husband is looking at them and looking at them, and they see beauty. So they kind of appreciate the fact that you're giving them a male's point of view on beauty. So they're thinking, because they're thinking their husband is looking at them. So I kind of, I've done the role play with them, with many of my patients before, and I've put myself. If I was your husband, this is what I would do. I would like you, and I think this will look really pretty on you. And these these little things will make you look super attractive. He's gonna love it. And 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 they love it. They they uh, absolutely have taken it in very 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 well. They've taken it up. Uh, also, I I would say I have a lot of single ladies as well, and they kind of like to visit the clinic. I'm like, all right, they like just make me hot. I got you. So I'll make you hot. <laughs> a little bit here, a little bit there, just to give them a nice little pop, and they love it as well. Uh, so that's been when it comes to the women aspect. That's been kind of like my edge. I I've been. I've been playing into the male. I haven't been trying to hide it. I, at first, I thought I had to like hide it a little bit and not be myself. But if you go to my injection room, I have a like there's a three foot dartboard on the wall. <laughs> so and they come in and they throw a dart. I mean, half of them hit the chair or the floor, but <laughs> they throw a dart at, the, at my dartboard. And there's small like they're insignificant little prices, like five dollars off the treatment. But it's just part of the experience. They love all that stuff. When I give them their filler, it comes in a little. Uh, it's a little, uh, almost like a little case, and I present to them their, their treatment for today. So I create an experience for them. They love the experience, uh, and uh, overall, it's been. I think it's been very successful. I think we've, I've been breaking in the right way and just being myself, just being a guy. I don't have, and they love that. They love a guy being a guy. They honestly do. I think I've, I've found, I've kind of found find that, uh, which I was very nervous about at first, but another aspect of my patients that I have, I have a lot of guy uh, guy patients. A lot of my male patients, they, you know, they have sweaty armpits. They don't want a woman looking at their sweaty armpits. So they come on a guy and I'll do their Botox. A lot of them want the guy to do the Botox. They don't want a woman doing it for them. When they have hair loss, I inject them in there. I do regenerative medicine for their scalp. They don't want to go to a woman. They want to come to a guy. They, they don't want to show those flaws to a woman. Guys are guys. They don't want to show the flaws. You know, they're a little machista. They're like, all right. <laughs> uh, additionally, I've been uh, kind of like dabbing in. And getting a little more uh, clientele when it comes to the sexual health aspect of uh, of aesthetics. So guys getting uh, you know their Botox or their let me say let me call it the tox to their scrotum because it's a little too extra wrinkly. They want to soften it up. They want their uh, actual penis to look a little bit uh, longer, if you can say, when they're at uh, at rest. So when it's in the flaccid stage. So when they wear their sweatpants, it looks a certain way. Uh, so I've been getting some of that. Uh, 
And in women as the women aspect, I've been getting a lot of booties. It's Florida, baby. So booty, 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 booty with uh, Kaha and uh, polylactic acid. Am I allowed to say brand names? You can say brand names on this show. It is not um, semi approved. <laughs> it's for sure not semi approved. You can say whatever you want here. Just not the F word. Just not the F word, Chris. You got to keep it clean. Keep it clean. All right. No, 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 no F bombs. I got it. So, yeah, with Brady S and with uh, a sculpture uh, in Breastlift. So, Breastlift. So, uh, yeah, that's where my trend has been going to. And I'm actually liking the sexual health part of it. Uh, I think patients, you create a connection with patients that they didn't have before. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Just the whole the holistic aspect of aesthetics that you can provide a patient and make them feel good. Listen, every patient leaves that room. I, I tell them off the bat, I'm a hugger. They get a hug right before they go and they love it. They get my, my, uh, my staff is great at following up. They get followed up. If they get filler three days back to back phone calls, checking, if they get Botox, they get, or Zeoman, they get a, they call the next day, video threats. They get called for a week. If they have any questions or doubts, I can just swim by and I'll talk to them. I have a little consultation until they can talk. So I think creating that environment for them has been, has also made it a little easier for me to break in as a man. Well, you, you have so many good things there I want to unpack because I think we've tried to crack the nut, pardon the pun, of men in aesthetics for a long time. And I have always been a big advocate that if your practice is not androgynous, you know, if it's like very girly, men don't feel comfortable there. Just like we wouldn't want to go to like a total man cave where everyone's like, you know, belching and beer and, you know, the whole, I wouldn't go there for my aesthetic treatment, right? It's, you think about it from your perspective, it's the same thing. I, I would want to go to a place that's welcoming for females. So I think we've not yet done a good job of that in aesthetics. And I think men, to your point, don't want to feel vulnerable in front of a female to say, I have, especially like, you know, the penis enlargement or scrotox, so things that probably just aren't very comfortable to talk about with another female who's maybe not your wife or your girlfriend. But so aside from that, you mentioned sexual wellness in general. This year, I will tell you, I had more penis decks that I had to look at for PowerPoint. I was in the salon and I opened up Audrey Rose's PowerPoint deck and it has booties, booty holes in it, and it has penises in it. And my hairstylist was like, what in the hell are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just working on some content. But this is a new phenomenon, and it's not new in the sense that the treatment's not new, but it's a new phenomenon that we're really focusing on, like the beautification of the penis now in med spas. And I think what it does, whether it's female sexualness or male, is that they they become a loyalist of your practice. I think we overestimate how important your skill set is with injectables. Like, if you're a great injector, I can go to you or Larry or Alexis, I'm going to get great results, right? But if I trust you with my sexual health, I want to keep coming back to you. There's something intimate about that connection where it supersedes skill set it's about a connection and i think if you ever get a person in your practice to sit in your chair about sexual wellness and sexual health they are your patient for life i mean you know for a very long time and so that to me is the missing piece of just true patient retention but i don't know if you're seeing that in your practice where they you know they're kind of they're yours forever if you do that and you've changed their life in that way but how much of your practice is really made up by that now and is it obviously is it growing you know leaps and bounds so it's still not the majority it's still not the majority. It's growing, though. It's significant. I think the information is out there. Uh, and patients, nowadays, we have very educated patients. They know what does what, what doesn't do what. They come in with, like, information. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And that's, uh, to me, that's important. Like, education in the patient, it's, it's, it's crucial. When they sit down, I go through the whole, like, this is why this is going to do this, and this is why this is going to do that. Uh, I've been to... Uh, I've been to places in other med spots when I was getting my own treatment before I started my practice and they'll just sit me down and pop, 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 out the door. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I guess like I just got my treatment, but I, and it wasn't explained to me. 
So when you sit them down and you educate them on all these different options that they have, and you actually convert them into sexual health, it's it, they're, they're, they they love you. They love you for they love you. They'll come back to you. They feel comfortable. They feel comfortable with you. You're going into a point of intimacy with them that it's it's not very, it's not reached very often with many people. So it, it, it's it's something that okay, I feel comfortable with him doing this. He's going to do everything else. He he does all the other things as well. Why not do this and that for him uh, or with him? But yeah, the area of my practice is starting to grow. It's still the smaller uh, amount is uh, the minority of my patients, but. Every week I bring one or two in, one or two in, one or two in, one or two in. And uh, that's been, has been so far pretty successful. Um, I'm also going to, you know, working on expanding my, my treatment options for them in that, in that area uh, as well. So, you know, it, as long as you're, you're good to them, they'll be good to you. They'll, they'll stick around. They'll stick around and they don't want to go anywhere else. I can kind of use it. I mean, a lot of ladies have gone to get laser hair removal. When you get a Brazilian done, and all of a sudden they switch your tech after you've been using the same tech with your Brazilian. You get a little, uh, you, you, you don't want to go to the other tech. You want the same lady that's been doing it at the same time because she's already, she's seen you exposed. Similar concept when it comes to like sexual health and, uh, and aesthetics. So it, that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, and so far it's been fantastic. I love my patients. They're, they're a blast, honestly. I love them. I love them all. We, all, we have a good time. Half the time we're just laughing. <laughs> well, and you know, if a, re- if a recession comes, what will you spend money on? Many people would say, I'll forgo my face because of my sexual health or sexual wellness. Like, I think it's it's also a business buffer. You know, when we saw COVID come, people who did IVs, who did testosterone, they got to all stay open. We didn't get to, right? If you just did injectables all day, you didn't get to stay open. You were a med spa. But if you had medical procedures and things, you could. You also can use like FSA, HSA because it's considered medical. In many cases, you can actually use some of your reimbursement. You can't use that for like, you know, getting your lip filler. So there's some big advantages there. And I think it just... It also gives people another provider, who another medical professional to be in charge of their care. Because I think women don't go to the doctor anymore. I never go. I haven't been to the doctor in like three years. I never go to the doctor. And I only go to my gynecologist ever, right? She's the only person who ever sees me for years. It, it's another relationship with a healthcare provider who can be looking after your care and can be part of your wellness. I think when things change in that region, it's like things are changing in your whole body. It kind of shows up there first, right? Testosterone, hormones, et cetera. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's a brilliant idea, and I think the wellness industry is so much bigger than we are. Lessons to be learned there. That it's a great opportunity for us. But you said one thing there that really stuck with me that people hate um, me for saying this. Everyone's gonna hate me, but I think patients are very very smart. If you go on Instagram right now, you're gonna see 15 posts about how dumb patients are. That they don't know anything. They want two units of Botox for the whole face. Yada yada yada. Those are edge cases. I think the most most patients who come into your practice have done their research. They're educated. They're informed. They know what's going on. And they feel ignored and dismissed if you don't explain things to them. And I think it's a disservice. And then if they leave your practice and go somewhere else, and you didn't tell them anything. They're going to tell the next guy, you know, I don't know what I got. I have no idea. It just doesn't look good on you. It's like, you know, you go to the next mechanic and you're like, well, that mechanic was terrible. Like, why would you not want to help them understand and learn? But, you know, I think bringing it out in your little box and presenting it to your, to the queen with her little injectables is such a fun experience. But how much of your time do you spend in a consult? Like, that's a lot to explain to somebody, Grace. Like, that's a lot of time to say, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing it. What does that tack on to your visit? Because you can't do 15-minute Botox if you're going to give, you know, that much information. Yeah. So so my Botox appointments are all 30 minutes for new patients. If they're already an established patient, I usually put it at 15 minutes. My staff, with, you know, quote, unquote, 15, I'm always running behind. 
because my st- <laughs> I get the chatting and then my staff is like, hey, we got to go. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. They just want to add another syringe. So <laughs> they're like, we don't have time. Yeah, it's okay. We got it. We got it. So that's my staff is, you know, I drive them crazy. But, you know, kudos to them for dealing with me and my craziness when I'm talking to my patients. I, I kind of times, I get a little carried away. And they they come in and they say, hey, you have a phone call. Stay in track. So they keep me in track. Because I, you know, I, you can we can talk here for three days if you want to. And I'll just keep talking and talking and having a good time. And I'm injecting and talking. And then they have questions. But I, I will say this. A lot of times with these patients, once you take that time with them, they'll keep coming back. They, you give them a full experience. Now, that can't be with everybody because you'll have that patient that just came in the lung trick for Botox. And I already know that. So it's boom, 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 quick in and out and let's go. But they like they appreciate that because they're in a rush. And they're like, okay, you got them in and out. And they, that's what they wanted. But that patient that has a couple out, they're, they're, they're housewives. The kids are in school. You know, it, it, they want to have a conversation about this, about that. They want to learn about this and that. They appreciate all those things. And that's what I think in my practice has helped with my patient retention. Uh, because they, they come in and I give them the full, they get the full experience. So uh, does it tack on another extra 10, 15 minutes of me blabbing away? Yeah, yeah, it does. But I think the extra 10, 15 minutes has paid off uh, extra, like 20,000 times extra because they keep coming back to me for that same reason. So, you know, it's it's a balance. Uh, I, I'm soon to the point that I'm going to have to need another, bring another injector in to help me out. And the experience I provide. Uh, and patients want an experience. They'll come back for an experience. You know, it's they buy, people buy an emotion. Patients thrive on experiences. And if I'm not providing that, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, I agree. They'll, they'll go to a less good skilled injector because they want your experience. So that's proven time and time again, surgical outcomes, like we see it all the time. But, you know, you are a relatively new business owner, you know, quite new. And I think you've had some some bumps along the road, as we all have. But I'm curious, you know, I mentioned we were on a discussion before this thing started about you, you had a different name not long ago. Like your name is different now. You have a new, a new branded med spa. You mentioned a partnership, and I think people go into business a lot in the beginning of the partnership, thinking it's going to be great, and then realize maybe it's not so great. But give us an idea as a new business owner, again, learning all these things about consultations and injectables and all the stuff you're doing, and going through a partnership and disbanding it and starting over. How did that whole thing happen, and what advice would you have for a person who's thinking about doing a partnership? You know, it's well, we going back to the beginning of the of this uh, video cast. Uh, starting a business is very difficult. Choosing your partners appropriately is very difficult. When you're a new business owner that you're kind of understanding what business is and what it isn't, you a lot of people start a business with their friends or people that they know, thinking that it's gonna kind of it's gonna melt in because we all have we all come from the same background. It was easier. Uh, we have relativity because we know each other. And you know, that was a big mistake that on my part. So the company used to be called Renew uh, back in the day, uh, or a couple years back. There was multiple partners involved, um, but maybe about seven, eight months into the full partnership, we started noticing that not everybody had the same drive to do certain things. Expectations were different from uh, partner to partner. Uh, time, time allocated to the business was different from partner to partner, and we were all equally partnered, like we were all equal uh, owners. So you start seeing frustrations from one partner to the other, and that starts turning into a little bit of resentment and, you know, it goes from a friendship to what the heck just happened here. Uh, <laughs> so, it, you know, it, 
where it was called Renew at that time, and everybody's handles, so I just go back to the Instagram now, everybody's handles were associated with a company. So it was Renew. So my name at that time was called Renew with Chris. Another patient's was Renew with, yeah, Renew with, uh, Renew with, and that's how we kind of kept it all for branding purposes, which I thought was smart at the time. But as time kind of progressed, we understood that everybody had different priorities and not everybody was prioritizing the business as others were. So, you know, we had to kind of call it quits at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, that's when I said, you know what, I'll just, I'm going to just start fresh with what I want to do and my vision, my mission, my goal, my why in business and uh, take my why and expand it into uh, into the community and what I want to do and move forward. So, you know, my advice to people trying to start a med spa and trying to jump in with uh, partners or multiple partners. In my case, there was four of us when we first started. So that's a lot of hands and that's a lot of hands on the pot uh, and a lot of, a lot, you know, a lot of opinions and it, it got a little complicated. Just understand that partnerships are difficult. They're a marriage. You're marrying the other person technically to uh, to the business. Uh, so you have to understand that you both have to have the same drive, same goal, and that needs to be known and, and have it on paper. If you don't have this on paper, uh, a big mistake that I made was I didn't have a lot of these things on paper. And, uh, you know, I kind of went with, I know them. It's going to go right. They're my friends. We've been working in the hospital for God knows how long. Or we've been working at a clinic for God knows how long. And we we have like, you know, we're, we're comfortable with each other. But when when everything starts like hitting the wall, that doesn't matter. What matters is what's on paper. And uh, so just make sure you find a partner that has the same goals same drive, same energy, and is willing to put forward the same efforts that you are towards the business. And uh, if you're okay with the other person not doing that, understand that maybe you just kind of, you know, maybe you don't all, you don't own the business 50-50, move the part, move the, you know, move the percentages around. Or if you own a 50-50, maybe have a salaries, salary differences between uh, those, uh, uh, between those two people. But yeah, the partnerships are tough. Partnerships are very difficult. I decided to move forward by myself without a partner. Uh, not saying that I wouldn't partner with anybody else on anything later on. I just, now I'm a lot more educated on what having a partner in a business. And this is a business that takes a good amount of overhead to start. So it's not like, you know, it's not something that you do online. You need to buy product. You need a place. You need to inject. You need licenses. It's, it takes a good amount of, a, a, of an initial investment. Just be intelligent about it and make sure you pick the right person and you have it on paper. Biggest thing is have it on paper. <laughs> well, you're like the third person we've had on this podcast in four seasons that had a partnership that said, put it on paper. You've got to write it on paper. You've got to have a, a lawyer to broker it. You know, it's easier to get a divorce than it is to dissolve a partnership in your, if you're in business. Like to me, a marriage is far less legal than a business partnership because you're in it and people are depending on you. And it's, you know, it's hard to extract yourself. You have all these loans together on capital equipment and it's a lot to do. I think... Yeah, you, but luckily you did it early on. You didn't have some like 10-year amazing giant business that you have to now dissolve and, you know, hurt feelings and everyone's looking for money and it's chaos. Thank God you got it out of the way early and you learned a lot of good lessons early on. So now you know at this point forward to negotiate everything, put it on paper, get a, get a lawyer to look at your contracts or, or call ChatGPT and have him look at your contracts, you know, because he is a person. You know, even your lease agreements and things, like all that stuff's got to be reviewed by somebody and taken into consideration and it's... I think business is hard, but as you think about it being hard, what's what have been the things that you've stopped and said, holy shit, I had no idea this was going to be the hard part, or I didn't expect this to be the thing that really 
you know, took me for a, a ride because I think there's things in my life every day that I'm like, that should not have been that hard. That should not have been that hard. Either I'm tired or stupid or it really is that hard. So what are your, what are your big surprises that you didn't anticipate? Biggest, other than the partnership debacle that I had, um, if I were to pick one of the biggest surprises that I'm like, I, I the overhead, the initial overhead, the initial overhead when you open a med spa, uh, you know, I would say don't get into lasers unless you have the clientele for it. Those lasers will eat you up. Uh, but just the, the initial overhead when, when you're making purchases and you still got to make sure that the marketing, you're not going to become, you're not going to have a thousand patients the first month of you opening your business. So you have to have enough funds to be able to get you through the slow times until your people know who you are. People know where you're at. People recognize your name and the marketing actually kicks in. Marketing doesn't kick in immediately. Uh, you can start off with some word of mouth, which is great, which will be friends, family, and they'll talk. But that will quickly subside. You, you only have so many friends and family. <laughs> so I would say it was the initial overhead um, uh, was a, a little bit of a like, okay, this is this is a little bit of a beast, but I'm going to take on it. I'm going to take on it. Um, and uh, I will also say is the licensorship. Maybe all like just the, the tedious of legalities behind everything. Uh, that understanding, my goodness, you can't do this, you can't do that, but you can do this and you can do that. And if, the, if your medical director is here, you can't do this. And your medical director needs to be this person, but can't be this person. He can't be this far away, but he can be this far away. You know, you, you can have, I, I hired three attorneys. Every attorney gave me a different answer. <laughs> so what, I'm, what that makes me believe here is that it doesn't really matter what the attorney says, because this law, just like medicine, there's no black and white. It's a lot of gray. It's just hire a good attorney that can defend you. Honestly, I think that's really what it comes down to at the end. Hire a good attorney that can, that can help you out and find some a good, a good one that can help you at least with the basis of regulatory stuff and just self-talk. It's self-talk. The time invested towards starting a business, it's if you don't have one before or if you don't come from a business that you're like, okay, I know I need to do this, I need to do that, it's immense. It's draining. I, I spent a year and a half, almost two years, sleeping three hours a night. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, but you know, I've been I've been thankful that I've had good mentors on my life, in my life, to help me out as uh, as I've been moving forward. And uh, you know, it's funny, uh, when I was in the fellowship. Uh, originally, at the beginning, I, I was still in the, under the name of the, the other company of Renew, and uh, I got some good advice from my my mentors at that uh, at the fellowship, which you know that helps. Just associate yourself with good people that are knowledgeable. Uh, find mentors if you're new in aesthetics. Find mentors. You know, not everybody's going to want to be your mentor. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but there's always somebody out there to help. Uh, you know, an, another guy that's helped me out a lot. His name is Jeff. He's in Sarasota. He's been, he's done fantastic. Uh, he holds an elite med spa in Sarasota. He's opening his third location. He's fantastic. He's a, uh, he's helped me out a lot with a lot of questions that I've had. And uh, you actually, you've had her here before, uh, Dana. Mm -hmm. Dana, Dana, she's uh, towards the beginning before I even, she's helped me out a ton. I don't think you've met her either. Her name is Ryan. Uh, she's in for Myers as well. She's Dana's friend. She helped me out. She's a nurse practitioner opened her second location. She's helped me out a ton as well. So it, it's, it's about, you know, opening your mouth, communicating, and uh, put in the work. Honestly, put in the work, do the right thing, and good things come your way. Yeah, and don't break the rules if you, you know, if you know better, do better. But I think people get in trouble because they don't don't know there's all the rules. I mean, I think people make a good, earnest effort to do things the right way. But to what you just said, 
the laws even are unclear to the medical boards they're unclear to the nursing boards or unclear for sure to us as laymen that aren't part of either one of those groups and our attorneys also don't know the answers like how should we know the answer and i think we find ourselves getting caught but you know also to what you said if you do a good earnest you know good faith effort to do the right thing find an attorney who can defend you and you you're doing as best you can given the laws that you've you know, that, that you've been provided that's all you can hope for but people cut corners all the time and i feel like it just makes my skin crawl. It makes me sad to think people would put their license on the line for something dumb like just hire the attorney. You know, is your license worth what it would cost you to have an attorney consult with you a couple hours? Of course it's worth that. Just do it. There is no reward for cutting corners. Again, infinite game. This is The goal is to stay in business for a long time, not to be the fastest or the best or the number one. It's just to be here for you know a long time. So there's a, there's a trick to that. Chris, it's called surviving. It's called resilience and just persistence in getting it done i think you're doing it but you know you had a big moment at aesthetic next to pull all oh i just broke something here on my podcast to pull it off full circle you had a big moment on stage with audrey i just put a, an article through for dermoscope and i have a picture of you and audrey on stage because you just look so happy in this picture and she's having the best time with you you just both look elated to be on stage and it was just such a great moment it was like the whole an captured in a single photo but give us an idea how that experience works. Because if you're a newer injector, you don't often get the chance to be on stage, especially with a person like Audrey, who's like, you know, a pillar of our industry. So are you going to come back next year and do your own talk or what? You know that I am. And now <laughs> that I got a taste of it, <laughs> I want more. Uh, you know, it's it's funny how that kind of played out. So I, as you know, I was a, I was a volunteer at, uh, at Aesthetic Next uh, 5.0 uh, here. And uh, I, I, you know, as I volunteered around, I, I got to meet a lot of people. Uh, I, one of the after parties with, uh, or after dinners was with, uh, Evelis. So let me kind of rewind that a little bit more. I was actually, one of the days that I was volunteering, I was sitting on the couch and I was with Alexis and Audrey just sat down and started talking. That's the first time I actually met her, but Alexis has met her before. So I just kind of got to talking and everything just kind of, it was fluent. It was natural. And it was, it was good. There was a good vibe there. And she was awesome. She was very responsive to questions that I had. Uh, as a newer injector, I asked her things about how do I get on stage and how do how does it work? And how was your first talk? I asked her questions about like you train now. Now you have a, a huge training program. How did that start? How did you start training? What was the like? How, how are you even getting to those uh, positions? So and she was more than willing to kind of like just talk to me about the. Cause she remembers. She remembers when she was there. Um, fast forward a little bit more towards that same night. Uh, we were at the. I randomly, I randomly ended up at the Evelis dinner. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm there with uh, Larry, Alexis, and uh, Audrey. Audrey was there, and she came with uh, with Hania. And uh, anyways, we started the co- talking, had a couple cocktails. She's like, so you want to talk, right? She said, I have a talk tomorrow at twelve. Meet me at my meet me in my hotel at eleven in the morning. I'll show you my slides, and uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, and she mentioned the topic, and I, and I mentioned to her that I've been seeing a lot more patients uh, with doing uh, male, especially males with sexual health, uh, and doing scroll talks and, and uh, such for. So she said, "This is perfect because that's what the talk is on." <laughs> so, uh, eleven o'clock in the morning, I showed up over there to her hotel, looked over her slides really fast, and what she had. I put in my fifty cents on everything that I wanted to talk about, and not even an hour later, I was on stage. Uh, with her, which was fantastic. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful to her uh, for having me walk up there. She's, she said, I got to put you up there. It's time to throw you into the water. Let's do it. I said, let's go. I'm never going to back down from uh, a situation in which I think it's uh, beneficial towards my, my career. You know, it's, if you're not uncomfortable in life or doing things that make you uncomfortable, you're not growing. So let's just go. 
I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I'll, I'll stutter a little bit, but it I think it worked out well. Funniest picture is I have a, <laughs> there's a scrotum over my head half the time. So I have a, <laughs> so I have a Larry. Larry's like trying to take pictures from state from the from the audience he's like i can't even post any of these on instagram when i'm on there so it's just hilarious it's uh it was a funny situation but uh it worked it worked out super well including when i first walked in and i started talking my head was bobbing a little bit but <laughs> i'll get over that part but a star is born i mean you know right there but i have a lot of really good pictures of you that are professionally shot with no scrotum so i'll, I'll send those to you <laughs> But I'm glad that you, you know, that you got to do that. And kudos to Audrey for just, you know, tossing somebody a lifeline and an opportunity to do something really cool. Like that's, that is not a thing you ever hear about. And I've actually never heard of anyone ever doing to this point. So, but that's why she's the queen. We all love her. She's the fairy. But, you know, I'm glad you got to do it, but I can't wait to see you come back on your own next year. I'm sure it'll be something fascinating. But we're at an hour, shockingly. You and I could both talk all day long. And, you know, I want to wrap up here with give us first of all how to find you. But as you do that, Tox Poppy, fun name. Everyone knows that. You had the cool glasses on at the Benev thing. Where'd that come from? How'd you become Tox Poppy? What a what a different name than the one with, you know, Chris at Renew. <laughs> so I uh when I was going through the, you know, moving from company to company, I, I said, you know, I, I gotta find something now that I'm on my own, I need to have my persona. What do I want? I can use my name. I saw that a lot of people use injector in their name, injector in their name. I wanted to do something a little bit different and shorter. Uh, so I was bouncing off ideas. Funny enough, I was in the, I was in my fellowship during the time, bouncing off ideas with all the guys. And we're all kind of throwing names and spitballing things. And I'm like, you know what? In my head, I'm like, I, what was the first aesthetic treatment that I've had? I mean, I haven't had too, too many, but the one that I've had is I have Botox. Or I was like, okay, so Tox. And then I was like, well, I'm Hispanic. What Hispanic name is out there that can be known, even if you take it to China, Japan, take it to Brazil, take it anywhere worldwide, people know Poppy. So I said, you know what? Why don't I just put them together short, sweet, to the point? It kind of represents me. Talk Poppy came alive. And that's where it was born. <laughs> Perfect name for you. I love it. Well, what's next for you and how do we get a hold of you? If we want to follow your all your happenings and all your business endeavors, give us give us your deets. So some of the details that I have going on right now, I am expand. I'm actually remodeling the uh, my space at the clinic. So which is great. It's going to be. I'm giving. I'm creating a uh, speakeasy vibe inside. So it's going to be speakeasy, modern, but sleek, sexy, uh, manly, but still with a feminine touch to it. So I can. It attracts everybody. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a vibe, which is really what I like and what I enjoy. Uh, from here. Um, next thing that I'm going to be doing is I'm actually probably going to be visiting Scott in uh, over there in Connecticut and, uh, you know, kind of talking to him about a couple of things, maybe some training opportunities. There's a couple of training opportunities that popped up here in the Orlando area with uh, Empire Medical uh, with Dr. Chris Crowley. Actually, he, he was one of the speakers at, uh, uh, at Aesthetic Next. So he was one of, one of the other guys that actually helped me train well throughout a lot of my beginnings in aesthetic medicine. So I've been in communication with him to see if I can begin training uh, with him. Uh, one more person I can't forget. I can't forget Lyris. Lyris has been phenomenal for me. She's, uh, every time there's anything going on, she lets me know. She's like, hey, do you want to go here? Do you want to learn this? Do you want to learn that? Especially when it comes to threats. She's been all over that with me. So she's been phenomenal. Uh, so in 2024, I'm looking to expand a little, longer, uh, little bit more in the Orlando area and uh, beginning my trainings and speaking at Aesthetic Next. That's coming. I'm excited for that. Uh, and, uh, you know, any other conference that I can speak at, that's, that's even, that's fantastic. I, I, my next step as an aesthetic injector is growing my business, 
to another level, training, speaking, and then seeing where that takes me. I think that's the next next step in the evolution of our injector. So where you can find me, you can find me. So my Instagram handle is ToxPoppy, at ToxPoppy, very simple and to the point. My uh, company name is AD Medical Spa. So A as in Adam, D as in David, and then Medical Spa. And it stands for Aesthetic District Med Spa here in the Orlando, Florida area. So if you guys have any questions, always I'm always open to responding to messages. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about having fun, having a good time, doing things the right way, safety, good results, and as long as there's a vibe on there. <laughs> well, you are always a vibe. I've been around you a few times now. You're always a, you're, you are a whole vibe, as they say. But I'm glad you came on today. You know, it's it's fun to have, first of all, a man on the show because we don't get a whole lot of those, but just to hear your perspective and the differences and how you think about your patient experience. But, you know, I look to see great things from you. I'm sure it's going to be a great expansion, hiring new injectors and new staff and building out. But I'm waiting for the publishing to happen. I want to hear about your article whenever you come out with it. But let us know if you if you start training and who you're training for. But it's like next 610, put it on your calendar. You're doing it. You're going to be there. Be there. Be square. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm super excited. Uh, I want to finish up with, you know, I can never, you, you're, you're, a business is nothing without a staff. I definitely need to give a shout out to my staff uh, and Felicia, Yanel, Adriana, my esthetician uh, and uh, uh, my medical director. Everybody involved in the aesthetic district mass has been, I'm a pain in the butt. I am, I'm a stickler. I, I like having a good time, but I, I, when it comes to business, I'm a stickler and they dealt with it. Uh, I'm going to say admirably. <laughs> so I definitely want to send my love to them. The business doesn't run without them. They're the heartbeat. I'm just there to do whatever they tell me to do. Well, that's that right there is a winning formula. Whenever you recognize that your staff is what makes it makes it all work, I'm hard to deal with too, so I can empathize with that. My team, I don't know how they survive me, but we, we all make it somehow without killing each other, which is good. But no, I, you know, I, I think the sky's limit for you, and I'm excited to see where where we are next year at this time and what you've been able to accomplish. So keep up, keep up the good work and the focus on safety and patient outcomes. And I like the idea that profits are kind of third place because they're going to show up. If you do good things, they're going to come. So kudos on all your success in making the big jump to aesthetics. And with that, I, I, that's all I've got, Chris. I could talk to you all day long, so i got to shut up and, and head out. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. This, was been, this has been fantastic. I love it. Invite me anytime. I'm always here for you. Tiffany, thank you so much. You're welcome. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of For the Record. This podcast is not intended to provide legal or medical advice. It's for entertainment, education, and information purposes only. For more information on this week's guest or to get started with Aesthetic Record, email us at info at aestheticrecord.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more fresh perspectives on disrupting the status quo and surviving in the aesthetics industry.